Welcome to CTO Confessions with TC Gill. Brought to you by IT Labs. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This episode of CTO Confessions is brought to you by the one and only IT Labs, providing technology leaders with purpose-driven development teams for high-performance innovation and productivity. What more could you want? Please think of us like tech leaders' favourite off-the-shelf service, providing quality, high-performing teams off that shelf. And your host today is me, TC Gill, IT Labs Chief Talking Officer, and I'm speaking from London, UK. And in this episode, we're going to be talking to a CTO of a startup called Hiring Hub, a company that's working hard to innovate and create a trusting space in the recruitment industry, i.e. building trust and transparency into an important and competitive market that businesses rely on. Let's not delay, let's get Anna into the space to share her stories and her leadership gems. Welcome, Anna. Welcome to CTO Confessions Podcast. Thank you very much for having me. Brilliant. Yeah, it was a nice sunny day. It is. Sunny in the UK. It's yeah, always sunny a pleasure. in the UK, which for <laughs> me. <laughs> so tell the audience a little bit about yourself. Who are you and what do you do? Uh, okay, so my name's Anna Dick. Uh, I currently work for a company called Hiring Hub. Uh, this is my first CTO role. I've been there for about three years. Um, I'm a recruitment tech, uh, um, well, sorry, I'm working in recruitment tech now, but I'm a tech leader. I've been working in and out of uh, large and small organizations probably for the last 20 odd years in tech. Not from a traditional software development uh, background, I didn't do computer science. And strangely enough, I actually, my first job was an IT recruiter. That's what kind of got me into tech. Uh, had an interest for all the all the different acronyms and managed to blag myself, my first role as a, as a webmaster. Yeah. And from there, I've had uh, various roles through kind of product roles, through to development manager roles, IT manager, um, delivery role, kind of leads. And kind of putting all that together, it made sense that a CTO role would be like a great fit. For Brilliant. now, yeah, that's where I am. That's great. I, you, you did describe yourself as a non-traditional IT person, um, and was that what was that like as a journey? Was that was that a real kind of um, challenge? Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I think when I first started, you know, I was working in kind of software delivery teams that were quite traditional, kind of kind of born out of that kind of IT structure. So very kind of waterfall, very siloed teams, um, a style of leadership that was very kind of old school, quite traditional, um, kind of very top down. Mm. Um, and I think that was a very challenging workplace for me. And I think especially um, for anybody who was maybe in a minority, you know, as a, as a young female in a very male orientated environment at, at that time, um, it was quite a challenging environment. And, and I knew that it wasn't the kind of environment that I wanted to work in. So I think at the birth of kind of agile ways of working and more collaborative ways and more product led teams, that was something that I really kind of flourished, flourished in. And I kind of seeked out organizations that worked more like that. Yeah. Um, which was great. You've mentioned before, there was a real kind of draw towards this kind of technology space. What were the things that really kind of uh, the gravity that pulled you in? I think it was uh, when I got to understand a little bit more te about tech, uh, and getting more from the kind of product view is really understanding that it's a lot about problem solving and it's about using tech to do that. And I think that's really, 
you know, what I've looked for in the problem spaces that I've that I've moved into. I'm interesting interested in interesting problems or opportunities to solve. And that's really going right back to what's the user needs? You know, what's the research behind? It's that the, the why, like, why are we doing something? Yes. Um, and how can we solve that problem? And, uh, you know, some of that is is tech solutions, but it's often a mix of tech and process and people type changes that can help you get to a kind of an end goal. So Anna, I've also got a note here around you working at BBC, the British Broadcasting Company. I mean, that's a pretty big institution. Yeah, I mean, luckily for me, I was actually looking to relocate back to Manchester when um, BBC Digital um, was really kind of taken off and established. But they were looking, you know, they were still going through that transformation in terms of kind of old school kind of IT teams that were quite siloed. Um, so it was great to have an opportunity to work there with a really big development team. You know, there was like 200 people. Wow. Um, and we kind of worked on quite a big transformation piece for um, a lot of the TV and mobile apps team. So it was including iPlayer, BBC Sport, the, all the red button stuff as well, um, in terms of kind of restructuring the team and then also looking at the ways of working to kind of look at more of an outcome-faced digital way of working for the teams. Um and really moving to more of a kind of a product mindset. Yeah. Uh, which, which, yeah, it was great. It was really good. I mean, I think that was one of the fantastic opportunities where I learned so much. I was exposed to so many different kinds of envir environments. Yeah. Um, but yeah, some, some great training and some great colleagues there as well. Yeah, I'm a big fan of the BBC. I, you know, they, they're uh, they're a great organisation, and uh, you know, uh, I, I've always wondered how they operate internally, you know, and how they evolve, you know, because they are an institution. You know, if you've got an organisation that's probably got some old ways of doing stuff, they're probably, you know, yeah. that organisation has got it. So, um, from your time there. Sorry, I was just going to say on that, but I think it was definitely one of those kind of those mindset journeys. You know, I think before I arrived there, there'd been a lot of work done around ways of working and getting people to think more digitally and putting kind of the customer, the viewers and the product at the heart. There'd already been a lot of work done. Yes. And definitely were pockets where, you know, your sphere of influence was very high, you know, it was, it was, was kind of limited. Yeah. And you had to then kind of get to that next level of education and kind of bringing people into the fold. Wow. Um, to be more in the kind of multidisciplinary multidisciplinary teams. Brilliant. And what would you what would be the lesson for other tech leaders out there from your time at BBC? Because I'm I'm really interested in this old institution uh, trying to transform themselves. How did they manage that? I mean, I think it's a lot about you know hearts and minds. It's really getting people to buy in, but. If you can demonstrate the value of a different way of working, you know, that kind of digital transformation piece and often, you know, start off quite small or take an area that you can make a little bit autonomous and you can prove that the, the changes and the mindset changes within there can actually produce different value. And you yes. can measure that and you can kind of present it back in a way that that makes um, sense. But, but often getting people involved, you know, getting people in stand-ups every day, getting them to the demos, get them seeing the value releasing incrementally early and yes. often um, and take them on a journey. But it's not, you know, as in the BBC, you know, I was there for three years and we were still working on it. You know, there yes. was always incremental kind of change and feedback loops that we're improving the processes and getting more people involved. Yes. 
That's great. I, I always find it how, you know, the, the challenge of changing mindsets. I love that word you use there, mindset journey, because we're all on them, you know, uh, uh, from our upbringing and, and maybe school and the, and the places that we worked. So coming over to the company that you're working for and, and leading the tech in, um, Hiring Hub, uh, tell us a bit about that. What's the problem that it's solving in the market? Yeah, so that's really interesting. And that's what got me so interested in this in this space. I think I'd been looking to move to a startup. I'd been interested in a CTO role, um, but it was about finding like, what's that problem space that I could really buy into. So I think um, where we're, we're really looking at recruitment agencies. Now, I think a lot of people see that as a bit of a kind of necessary evil. Um, potentially companies have internal recruiters, um, but there's lots of companies that use recruitment agencies all of the time. And in fact, even internal recruiters often use them to kind of leverage a wider mm. supply chain. Um, but there seems to be a lack of trust. There's a lot of there's a lack of trust and transparency in those relationships. And sometimes people just don't feel that great about working with recruitment uh, companies. Um, they don't know how they're performing. They don't know how to find a good one. Um, so we felt that there was a bit of a gap there to be able to, to leverage kind of marketplace technology um, and use data to be able to present back kind of a, a consolidated supply chain of agencies. So Anna, I'm, I'm building up a, a really good picture of what your company does. Can you give us a story to kind of demonstrate that further as to what that actually looks like, a use case? Yeah, so I think there's two key use, use cases. Um, so there's the marketplace product. You know, you wouldn't go out and try and find car insurance, for example, without using a price comparison type site, which is a marketplace. So as an employer with, with jobs, um, especially if it's uh, an area maybe where you've not recruited before, say a data scientist, you can post it onto the marketplace. You instantly have access to a, you know, a huge um, set of rated and reviewed recruitment agencies that might not even be in your locale, mm. but that uses then data to uh, match you with the right recruitment agencies. You can then work with uh, more of those within the platform. So rather than receiving emails and things all over the place, it's an easy platform to manage manage that. Um, and you set the fee and you can do all the communication through there. Brilliant. So that's if you're looking for new supply, but also if you've got your own uh, PSL, which a lot of companies do, especially the bigger ones, and that's the market we've started moving into since COVID, um, is that you want to consolidate that supply chain. You want one place to manage all of that. You want yeah. to understand uh, the quality of the supply chain. You want to see where different people are up in, in, in the process. Um, and also the new bit that we're looking to add on right now is how can we use our data, diversity monitoring data, to play back to our employers and our recruiters to kind of put that data back to them and try and understand where they are with that. And then uh, I guess use that data to try and help them more. I think we'll probably be partnering with uh, mm. diversity inclusion experts to kind of help them, our customers, you know, really kind of improve through the process, the recruitment yeah. process. I love that. And diversity is a, a really important subject. Um, as, a, as a business agility coach, you know, you, when you see diversity in organisations, it really does make a big difference. It pays. It has a it has a return on investment, um, which is great. And uh, it's almost like you're kind of putting up a mirror for the recruitment agencies to see how they're doing on a, on a kind of more bigger scale. 
Yeah, I mean, we've done quite a lot of research because, you know, it's not, we don't, it's not, we're not an expert on, on DNI. So it's important that we are partnering with people and doing research to help understand what, you know, the, the data on our platform can, can help do effectively. Um, and we've done a lot of uh, research with recruitment agencies and also with employers. And very few people are collecting any diversity information around the recruitment process from third-party suppliers. Yeah. A lot of people might do it for their direct hire, but you know, a lot of people using agencies, there's 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 a totally a total gap there. Yeah. Um, you know, those those that third-party supply chain obviously pivotal is so important in your recruitment process as the first person that interacts with potential candidates, that you need to make sure that the bias, you know, conscious or unconscious bias is is yes. You know, removed or you know maybe there's training that can be done once you understand um where you're at with it i guess yeah that's great it's really good that you're kind of putting up that effort and i think that is a great service for the industry tech industry as a whole and also the recruiters as well and i love this idea of being able to rate recruit because i used to be a contractor um as mentioned i used a software engineer uh, in, in the embedded world and you used to recruitment agencies and some were better than others uh um, some were great, and, and and knowing that you're kind of going to one, like a, I guess the word that you used before was like a trip advisor for recruitment agencies, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. So you can, um, so employers can rate agencies based on experiences that they've had with them. But we've recently had the ability for the candidates to rate those agencies as well and leave a review. And I think that's an interesting dynamic and something that we want to probably expand on is that whole candidate experience. Yeah. and how we can ensure that the agencies are creating the candidate experience. Um, but then that's not to forget we, you know, there's potential to um, rate and review the employer. You know, they're, they're also uh, very important in the process. How's their candidate experience? Yes, I love um, that. These are beautiful feedback loops on all kind of fronts uh, to to um, raise awareness and, and then allow people to kind of act accordingly. I, this is one of the great things about awareness is that it drives uh, change of behaviour. If you know what's happening, you know, uh, believe me, I'm monitoring uh, my weight at the moment, you know, because I've had a bit of a, you know, and that seeing that feedback is just changing, changing behaviour. So not sure why I mentioned that on the podcast, but hey, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you talked about, you know, the, the future kind of desires of, uh, you, you, you've seen a, a very kind of growth orientated phase at the moment. Yeah, that's right. I mean, uh, especially since coming out of this lockdown, I think that's us, you know, we're kind of full tra trajectory on growth again. And we, you know, we had quite a few people start during lockdown fully remote. You know, we didn't stop our kind of growth ambitions. Um, and that was mainly so we could be ready when things started to pick up again. Yeah. And how are you finding that that growth? It, what's that feel like as a, as a tech leader? Yeah, I mean, it feels great because it's, it's you know, we see all the metrics, you know, and all our kind of KPIs and, you know, we're, we're definitely moving uh, in the right directions, which is fab. But I think there's all those those kind of growing pains and, you know, as, a, as you grow as a team or a company, um, you know, kind of how you mature your, you know, your, your processes, you have to write things down more. Um, you know, we've got a bigger office, we've got more remote workers. There's just, there's lots of things to, to consider. Yeah. Um, which is exciting. Uh, but yeah, it feels like you have to grow up a little bit, I think. 
Yes, yeah. And I guess there's this kind of transition of the organisation um, uh, from that kind of startup mode to a something else mode, you know, um, growing up mode, <laughs> teenage mode. Yeah. Teenage mode, yeah, without the attitude though. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, we're definitely, um, you know, scaling scaling up now. We've kind of got 30, 30 plus in the organisation. You know, when I started, it was kind of eight, nine, nine people. Um, so, you know, we've effectively kind of doubled in the last year, I guess. Wow. Well, oh, sorry, more than doubled over the last two years. And what, what's the challenges around that growth? If, if there was... Uh, you know, a top three kind of challenges. What what's what are, what are they? Um, I think the challenges. Uh, so, I think recruitment is obviously quite a big a, a big thing um, in terms of finding the right people, finding the right fit. I think obviously remote working for us as well has been something that has taken taken a. Um, you know, I think we've just had to, because we were such a small team, a lot of it was very fluid comms and we'd be in the office and you'd kind of just shout over and say, oh, can you do this? Or can you have a look at that? So I think maturing our systems and our processes has been quite a, a big thing. Um, and then it's retaining that culture as well. And I think that's one of the, the hardest things. You know, we're a co-located small team and now we've grown quite, quite, quite fast and we're kind of a hybrid some people in the office sometimes, um, but we've got remote works as well. And kind of getting that, um, retaining that feeling of, you know, that small kind of startup, everybody's involved, keeping everybody aligned to the core purpose. Um, and now we just need to make sure that we're keeping up the good communication lines, I think. is Because yes. you want to, you know, create um, the, the context for, for everything that we do with that aligned purpose. Um, yeah. And how do you achieve that? Because it's it's a challenge. I know it's a challenge working remotely. If you're in the same room, you can have pictures on the wall and, uh, you know, something that kind of inspires people. This is what we're trying to achieve. This is what how do you achieve that remotely? Yeah, so I think it's kind of reiterated in a lot of things that we do, you know, in terms of our kind of company values around collaboration and being honest and humble mm -hmm. and driving towards a common purpose. A lot of that is kind of reiterated in a lot of the regular comms that we do. You know, we have two times a day catch up. We have a, a, a hubble which is our kind of hub hubsters get together, <laughs> everybody, everybody, different people host that. Um, so, yeah, I think it's keeping everybody involved in the communication and the alignment. We've started using OKRs to really drive down um, through the business, right? This is the, the, the business goals. This is the, the tech outcomes that we want to get to. Here's our objectives. Here's our key results. Yeah. Um, and then as a, as a team, because we're kind of a small product team in tech at the minute, you know, we can kind of drive that forward to, together. Obviously, we do a lot of demos and show and tells into the organization as well, which is always great to show what you've been working on. Yes. And then those those kind of key customer feedback loops as well. You know, we're really keen on um, measuring the changes that we make on the platform. So I think I mentioned to you before, um, time to hire, for example, you know, that's one of the metrics that we've been looking at. How can we improve? How can we use the platform to for, for the whole end-to-end -end process to be easier for everyone. Yes. So for the yeah. employer, for the, for our accounts team, and also for the recruiter. Um, and there's lots of bit little you know things that we've done across that whole system that we've optimised to kind of make that whole end-to-end -end time to hire much shorter. But that's 
it's great feedback. It's great to have those kind of metrics to go, yeah, that's that's success. Yes. Yeah, I like that. Very data-driven. And these indicators that you got, the uh, metrics, sometimes you find them hard to measure. Do you, do you find that challenging? And what would your advice be to other tech leaders around that? Yeah, I think some of the things have been hard to measure. And, and some of it you have to kind of play in like anecdotal feedback and um, customer comments and things like that that kind of complements the data. Um, sometimes you know, it, it, may, it helps to kind of break uh, the, data down, the data down. So within time to hire, there's much lower level metrics that we're mm. able to kind of aggregate up to that. Yeah. Um, that combined with, oh, hiring hubs so easy to use. You know, I was able to recruit my, my developers in three days from customers, um, you know, is, is a great kind of measure of success for a team, I think. And how have Hiring Hub dealt with the covid situation because it's it's the big elephant in this room you know yeah so i think um it was amazing how everybody kind of rallied together it, w it wasn't kind of like a button down the hatches but it was like we every we, you know we we became a very close net net team um from a tech perspective it actually gave us a lot of time to go and do research and really focus on product development with, without a lot of that kind of um constant operational um, noise because the platform was was generally a little bit quieter so a lot of the research around this kind of psl management type system and the diversity piece um, is something that we've been able to focus on yeah yeah so you kind of you capitalize on the on the um i don't know if i want to call it the the uh the calmness before the storm you know kind of thing you know before it really kind yeah, of yeah i think off. that i think that was what was really important we never thought oh we need to stop because everything else has stopped it was more of right there's an opportunity for us to move you know to move forward and, and think out of the box a little bit and thinking about new product ideas and how we could pivot um and look at new new markets as well while things were a little bit quieter on the platform that's great uh, coming back to yourself okay anna the, the leader um what's the passions what what kind of things really kind of rock your boat what makes you jump out of bed in the morning? Um, I, I think it's problem solving, you know, that, that whole like building products that really serve real life problems mm. um, and, and you, you know, kind of fulfill um, real user, user needs. And I think when I first started in tech, it, it was more of an environment where you're kind of told what to build. And, and even if you went, why, people would always say, well, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't really matter why I've been told to build it. So it's great to be in a position now where it's all about the why. And it's all about always about going back to what's the problem or opportunity? Who are the users? Uh, what are the user needs? What's the research? Um, before kind of slowly experimenting and testing and learning on, on things as you go rather than um, going dark and building something for six months that, you know, isn't important when it comes out the other, other side. That's right. And so I love that whole process of, um, and that's why I think the KPR, all the kind of OKRs are, and the, the feedback loops are really important because I think that's where, as a team, we get those little buzzes. We're like, yeah, you know, that's that's great. We've we've um, we've done well there. That's, that's useful. Somebody's using it and they're enjoying it. 
That's great. I think there's a real lesson there for tech leaders and generally companies as a whole is, you know, the closer you can get your engineers to the solving the customer problems, it really kind of creates an energy, doesn't it? It's, it's just, you can't help it, but want to solve the problems and, and make them better. So, yeah, I think another one of my passions is about getting more diversity into, not just into tech, I think generally in the workplace and specifically working in product teams, having teams that better represent the, the users or society who are going to be using your products, I think is really important. I think when I first got into tech, um, I was often the only female, but in reflection, that it was it was a lack of diversity generally it just just happened that it maybe stood out a little more that I was the only only girl so I think getting uh girls into more stem subjects and more women into tech is is uh something that we need to do more of but I think generally in a wider sense I think it's just more diversity in the in those teams and there's obviously a lot of different elements and aspects that play into that Yes, absolutely. One of our previous guests, um, Sean Langton, uh, down under, directly under us in Australia, Australia, he um, they, he volunteers his time to get autistic people, uh, you know, quite high in the autistic spectrum into technology. You know, I mean, they, once they get in, they're brilliant, but they just don't pass the interview process. You know, so I thought that was really interesting. Of picking yeah, that's in, yeah, that's interesting actually. So. One of the things we want to do at Hiring Hub is obviously we need to learn more about this this space and, you know, actually get a, get a company in to help us learn. And one of the elements that they talk about is um, people with different neurodiverse conditions and actually how um, the, the, the environment that the interview is in, the timing that the interview is in, there's lots of different factors that would potentially make it harder for them to be successful in an interview. Totally. That, as a, as a platform that facilitates a hiring process is something that I think is, is important that we understand so we can build a product that is best suited to help help everybody. Yeah, that's great. And is, is the review process also going to go towards the people being hired? Uh, so you, you do a rating on people being hired. Is it going to go that far? No, I mean, I'm, we haven't talked about anything about that. Um, we mainly are a B2B business at the moment. With this, this um, candidate uh, rating the agent or the agency is, is the first kind of interaction we've had with the candidate. Um, the next interaction we'll be looking at is around how we could collect some diversity monitoring data direct from the candidate. Yes. Because again, you don't want the agent to be in the middle of that process because there's you know assumptions or bias that can yeah. affect that core data that we need to be true to the candidate. So Anna, I've got an interesting question for you here. Okay, so being in a tech leadership position can have lots of different pressures and lots of information, lots of lots of challenges. What's the thing that keeps you up at night? Uh, I think most recently it had been concerns around the team and making sure my team are okay. I think you know obviously before. Uh, COVID, you kind of take it on face value when you ask somebody if they're okay. You know, mm. they were they were they okay? Whereas now, I think um, making sure and caring for the team is not that it wasn't on my agenda at all, but I feel like I want to take a lot more time to make sure that people are happy, that their work life balance is okay, and that yeah. um, the kind of self care element of their their, their stuff is 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 good. Um, I think aside from that, on a more business perspective, it's kind of the scaling quickly side of things. 
Um, you know, because we're looking and starting to talk to more enterprise customers, the, the scale of where we are at, at now in terms of how quickly we might need to scale the business um, uh, can seem a little daunting. I mean, it, we've definitely built the app in a way where it's more scalable and maintainable. The, the hosting is, you know, burstable. Uh, but I think when you, when you, when it actually, I don't know, that when it actually happens, it'll be great to actually get to that point. Brilliant. Yeah, I, I guess scaling uh, from a technological perspective, you want something that uh, has the capacity to kind of keep growing. You know, it's um, uh, adapted in a way that uh, has uh, future capabilities kind of plugged into it yeah. in some way. You yeah. know? But equally, when you're a startup, you don't want to do too much of that. Yeah. So it is about getting that balance. And I think that's where we're at now. We're at that point in terms of like potentially really bursting for some much bigger customers. Um, but I think... I think we're in a good place. It's just, I think it's because it's that exciting anxiety around that kind of level of, of growth. Yeah, that's right. Coming back to the team uh, situation, caring, it's really great to hear so, uh, a tech leader, you know, uh, thankfully most of the guests that we've had do, all, in fact, all of them care about their uh, their people and caring about how they're doing because, you know, um, we're all working from home uh, and this kind of log cabin fever kind of settles in. Um, and what ways have you tried to kind of overcome that? I mean, it's, obviously, as a tech leader, you can only go so far. But as a leader, are there any kind of tricks that uh, Hiring Hubber are working on to make that smoother? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think... Um... During lockdown and stuff, obviously there were limits in terms of physical interactions, um, but we did do some one-to-one -one walks, which was quite nice, where we'd meet up and just go for a little walk when we were allowed to, and that would be a one-to-one -to, -one to kind of uh, yeah. check in. Um, just finding different ways to show appreciation, I think, you know, whether it was like actually posting out a little letter to say thank you, or sending them a surprise little care package, or... Um, you know, having a surprise little quiz for somebody's year anniversary, you know, not things that we, you know, because I think when you're in the office, you take it for granted that everybody's just there and involved. Yeah, I think definitely um, being acknowledged for their efforts. And I think just uh, an understanding that it's, we know it, it's their best efforts, um, especially during the circumstances that were obviously very challenging. Yes. People. As mentioned, it's great to see that you are, you know, you see the human side of the uh, the organisation and, and doing your best to kind of serve people in that respect. So as we come towards the end of our time together, um, what advice would you give to aspiring tech leaders out there in, as part of, from your journey? Um, so I think for me, um, I've really always, whatever role I've been in, I've taken quite a lot of time to understand that the people spend time with the people, but also understand all the different roles in my team as well. So I can kind of see it from the different perspectives as well. And I think that helps gain a little bit of respect. You know, if I'm asking questions about, um, you know, how we're building something or why we're building it in a certain way to actually understand it from people's perspective a little bit better. So, you know, I'd often get quite involved hands-on um, in different things and never be afraid to kind of, pitch in you know it's yeah. important especially from this this team kind of swarming kind of start you know we're all swarming together to get you know an outcome or a goal out out uh, out into the live environment yeah and to be be part of that um yeah 
Yeah, that's good. That's great. Here you go, Anna. This is a fun part of the podcast I love because I'm a big fan of books. What what books have been your gateway that you would like to encourage other people to read as part of their leadership journey as well? Um, I think the main one I really liked is Start With Why. I don't know if you've read that. So it's yes, Simon yeah. Sinek, Sinek, is it? Sinek. It's probably quite an old book now. Yeah. Um, I think there's a good TED Talk um, about it. But always... You know, and that's what really kind of switched for me from that point of kind of being told what to build or or assuming what to build from a software development, but getting that mindset around um, why, why are you building it? Yes. Uh, I thought it was really good. It's a great talk. Uh, it's quite a famous one. It kind of does its rounds every now and then. In fact, I'm going to do a post a post on LinkedIn on that one, um, if you don't beat me to it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, I uh, just posted it the other day in our product channel. Oh, cool. Um, because there's the story, isn't there, about the Wright brothers and the, um, the first flight, um, which I won't do any spoilers on it if you post it. But, yeah, it's a really interesting story, and it makes you think about um, purpose, any other books, Anna, that you think books that rock? Um, so I think another one that really stood out for me was Shoe Dog, uh, which is the story of Phil Knight, which is the guy that um, created Nike and that business. Uh, and just the kind of story of, of the success of that business, but kind of starting out with the uh, selling, you know, cheap uh, trainers from Japan out of the back of his um boot I think it was in wow. his car at the time and his kind of story and, and he's quite honest about the kind of the ups and downs along the way but yeah I think that's a that's a good I like that story it's a good success story and I like Nike shoes as well so cool that's good yeah I've got a pair as well <laughs> and here's another fun part of the podcast Anna I'm going to pretend to be a tech genie for a second and I'm going to grant you a tech wish okay for your leadership for your company for your teams for your industry what would that wish be yeah, so I think uh, from that tech genie, I would ask for um, an easy way to retain a good company culture. I think it's really difficult to um, to get to that you know, culture and keep that kind of living and breathing, especially as a company grows. Yeah, I think if there was just a, a way that could kind of keep that ticking along nicely as you, as as you scale a business, it would be yeah. Wish. That's great. That's good. You're lucky because I've got a pot of uh, culture glue that I can oh, uh, yeah. spend to you and you can use that. Don't use too much, just yeah. enough. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's, that's a good one, actually. I think cultures are important and they are always morphing and always wanting to change. And uh, it's great that you, you've you found a culture that you like and yet you want to retain it in some way, especially as you're, as you're growing. Um, yeah, I guess that's an interesting point there. I think it's retaining it without restricting it as well. I think there is an organic that needs to be kept about uh, around culture yes but i think it's a way that keeps it um aligned with your your, your company beliefs and values your values while yeah. being inclusive for everybody new and old as well so it's been great speaking to you we're, we're at the end of our arc of the podcast anna and i want to give you the opportunity to give our tech leader men and women out there a, a final key takeaway what would be the key takeaway that you would gift them with as we leave um, I think one of the things that's been useful to me is when I found out about growth mindset and having, you know, and the importance of continuous improvement. And that's for yourself, you know, that's for your team, that's for your organization, making sure that you've got those feedback loops that are built in at, at every level. And it's not just vanity, vanity kind of feedback either, that it, that it 
um, actually drives you as an organization to do better, to build a better product, to be a happier team, to um, be a better um, organization. I think that um, feedback, feedback loops, yeah, it's very important. Brilliant. I love that. And that's a great note to finish on. So thank you for your time, Anna. It's been wonderful having you on. Thank you. Thank you very much for your time. It's been great to chat. Well, that was a great conversation with yet another wonderful tech leader. There's a real lightness around Anna and her approach, layered with a purposeful focus. Having been someone who's been at both ends of the recruitment business, being hired and hiring, I see the challenges. The hiring hub is onto something important here. The ability for a company to find an agency that has a good reputation is a breath of fresh air, especially for an industry that doesn't always shine at its best or greatest. So what were your key takeaways from the podcast? These were mine. Number one, you don't have to come from a traditional software background to become a tech leader. I mean, I started out my career at McDonald's flipping burgers. Look at me now. Secondly, our hiring hub is aiming to address the diversity biases within the recruitment process, thus helping agencies see how well they are doing and what actions will serve them in getting better. Thirdly and finally, My third key takeaway is overcoming the challenges of working remotely. I loved Anna's shares on this one. Empathy and looking out for each other is such an important thing. It shows our humanity and fires up the social system that is so important to our species. So thank you again, Anna. Thank you for your time. May the recruitment industry force be with you all. I look forward to following the journey of Hiring Hub and the challenges you all solve in the industry, especially around the diversity piece. Thank you. And finally, remember to subscribe to CTO Confessions podcast and IT Labs newsletter, where you get regular tech articles and invites to the IT Labs webinar series. URLs for this can be found at the bottom of this page. We are consistently creating material to create, nurture and support a community of tech leaders. And of course, if you want to know more about IT Labs services, including our Teams as a Service service, please don't hesitate to get in touch. As mentioned in the intro, please think of us like Tech Leader's favourite off-the-shelf service, providing agility, high-performing teams off that shelf with a wide breadth of skill and knowledge. Well, that's all, folks. Look after each other and keep safe. Wishing you all a good day or evening, wherever you are in the world, from all of us here at IT Labs. Live long, live well and prosper. Until we meet again on the next CTO Confessions podcast.